Welcome to episode 30 of Mixtapes and Heartbreaks. We made it to 30. We're 30 years old. We're 30 years old. Man, that was a, that was a tough one. Turning 30. Was it? Yeah, it reminds me of that, uh, that uh, song from the inside, Bo Burnham's Inside, The Turning 30. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it's a tough one. It's like, I mean, it's that, there's that whole thing online, you know, memes of like, you know, I can't believe you're 29. Like, for some reason, I always remember like 29 being the age that like, whenever someone was turning 40 or whatever, like that. Oh, that's the age that your mother perpetually was? (laughs) Yeah. 29? Specifically my aunt. My aunt Kathy was always 29. Like just, and it was always a joke, but it's like that. Who cares if you're thirty? I mean, it was it's a big it's a big jump from your twenties because you're young in your twenties. But I mean, thirty's the new twenty. I think it means different things now. Yeah, I mean, I'm turning forty in January, and that's a whole other you, bag of. You getting in your head about it? <clears throat> no, because like we like I just said, forty is now the new thirty. Like it's. <sighs> Forty is not old. People are perpetual. Like, well, no, the the human being is the lifespan is is, uh, 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 grown exponentially. You know, when we were when we were like eight, forty was considered over the hill. It was like, well, that is over the hill, I guess. It's midlife, right? Well, now, like, do you want an over the hill party when you turn forty? I would really like one. You do? I was wanting to throw one for Robbie on his 40th birthday, but it was COVID, so we couldn't. Oh, okay. But you want like an old-fashioned, ironic, over-the-hill... Yeah, if Spencer's Gift still sells all that shit, like... I'm sure. You know what I mean? Like, the, with the cane that has, like, the mirror <laughs> on the bottom of it, and, like, the the uh, cake topper that's just, like, a tombstone oh that God. says, turning 40. Are you going to make me do that for your 40th birthday? Lordy, lordy, look who's 40. I can't let you in because you're old as fuck for this club, not, you know, for the earth. We could just avoid it altogether and just go to the woods. We could. Which uh, I, I turned 46 months after you, so hmm? please don't do any of that. No, for no, mine. no, no, no. You'll be 29, right? 29, yeah. Yeah. So 30 episodes in. Yeah. Doing good. Feeling good. You're well, feeling good? Not feeling good. Well, no, my body is dying slowly every day. <laughs> but emotionally, I feel pretty good. No, I don't. No. 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 My back hurts. Started some medication. Did I talk about that on the last you episode? You already did it, yeah. Okay. Well, it was working. I'm feeling better. I'm not thinking about everything all at once. Yay. Yay. So, so, so that's good. What's been going on in your neck of the woods? Well, I fell... Like three days ago, and I've been in immense pain for the past three days. <laughs> and that is age. You know, in your 20s, you fall. You're like, oh, and then the next day, you, you might have a little bit of a bruise, and you walk it off. We can't start every episode just, like, bitching about how old No, we, we do. We do. No. We, we must. No. Uh, yeah, you, you took a little... But didn't even seem like much of a spill. I, I have... um. A really amazing bruise on my left butt cheek right now. And, like, I want to show people, but I also don't feel it's appropriate for me to send pictures of my ass to people. 
It's pretty gnarly. And when you showed it to me, I was like, goo! It's turning yellow. Oh, that's good. That's a yeah. good sign. Mm-hmm. I think. It's like a, a mottled purple gray yellow. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's about the size of my hand, too. It's good for falling. Uh, you fall and you get bruises. That's cool. And it's cool that, you know, as a married couple, you have bruises. I I fell. <laughs> I fell. Well, no, I'm like, at th- I'm at that point in my life where, like, it's a very significant bruise and it's, you know, uh, very painful. And I'm like, am I going to get, like, a blood clot? Is, no. <laughs> is but that how blood clots it, work? It might be permanent, though. You might have a permanent spot there. Permanent so. bruises are not a thing. I don't know, man. You've seen, like, old people? They get, like... Those are, like, skin spots. Oh, yeah. Those are not bruises. So here's the thing. I'm all about like aging gracefully. I've been talking about this. Actually, I had a conversation with our good <laughs> friend the other night about this aging gracefully. And and that I thought like, hey, man, I think my hair's thinning. Will you be honest with me? So I took my beanie off and I showed him like, no, you're good. I'm like, don't fuck with me, man. And he was like, dude, I would tell if you have a book in your nose before going public, I would tell you if your hair was thinning. Oh, that person would definitely tell you. Yeah. You just shave it off. You just Joe Rogan it. But I've been listening to the uh, the new Dave Grohl book, which is amazing. I suggest anyone listen to it. It's uh, apparently it's on YouTube for free right now. Okay, it's about ten and a half hours, halfway through it, and he's talking about that, like being backstage at a show and seeing these like you know icons of rock that he grew up idolizing, and he didn't name names, but he said, you know, on one side of the green room was this older gentleman with freshly dyed hair, skin pulled back. And a fresh brand new set of teeth. And you know, trying to look younger when it, it has the adverse effect. Makes you look older. Like, and then on the other side of the green room was this withered, older, rocker gentleman with leather pants, black t-shirt, gray frizzled hair. Like just owning it. Just aging gracefully. And he said he wants to be the latter. I'm like, totally. But there's, there's something ingrained in all of us most of us, that uh, we, we don't want to get old. We, we, we avoid society. it at all costs. We avoid it at all costs. That's society. Yeah, and there's so many products <laughs> aimed towards that, like anti-wrinkle anti- serum. Like, you're not going to get rid of it. It's a billion-dollar industry to yeah. make you feel bad about the way that you look. And you're eventually... It doesn't matter, man. You're eventually going to look that way. Yeah. No matter how much shit you try to do to yourself you can if you have millions of dollars you can get cosmetic surgery you're just going to look weird because the rest of your body's going to age well maybe it's not about what you want miss brennan maybe it's about what society wants and society wants you to do something to balance out that ginormous rump of yours why do you think that i stopped coloring my hair same with me well i stopped dyeing it because you liked the gray i mean it looks very nice you're very handsome uh so do most women think that you look very handsome with your gray hair gosh but i stopped coloring it because it was becoming like clearly unnatural mm-hmm. and i didn't want to be one of those people not that there's anything wrong with it do whatever the fuck you yeah, want to do whatever you want but it's just an older woman with like very artificially colored hair yeah so i stopped coloring it three years ago to just fucking own it own it my mom did that for a while. She, well, my mom went prematurely gray like I went prematurely gray. And uh, she dyed it all the time. And I, I just thought she was just dyeing it because she liked changing colors. And it was always like shades of like blondish brown to like black. And then, you know, she got to a point where she just like, fuck it. And she stopped. And she's totally gray. 
Every now and then she'll re-dye it, but... What did her... What did her hair look like when they had to lift that black out? Uh, she just let it grow out. Oh, okay. So it was very, very Rudy. Not like, not the movie Rudy, but yeah. Rooty. And not the movie Roots. Ugh. Um, yeah, but I'm, I did the same thing. And for the longest, for, for a while, I was like, no, I'm going to re-dye it. I don't like the gray. But everyone likes it. I still get asked if I dye it gray, because apparently that's in now. People ask me that too, and I'm just like, why the fuck would anyone purposely make themselves look and feel old? <laughs> why would anyone purposely wear baggy fit Levi's again? But it's all coming back around. Everyone wants to be old and in the 90s. That's the thing now. I don't. Old and in the 90s. Okay. You don't want to be old? Or in the 90s? Neither. Neither. Yeah. Oh, God, that'd be really terrible if, like, can you imagine like 40 years from now or 50 years from now, it comes back around a second time? You know what I mean? And okay. then there's like 90 year olds in the 90s, like a 90 year old wearing Jinkos and like a NYC shirt. I mean, that's going to happen somewhere. Yeah. I'm with it. I'm hip. But I mean, do you think about this is what I think about when I get older. I'm like. Mm, I don't want my arms to look like the skin that you were talking about. Oh, yeah. Um, no, like the skin spots. It looks like a fucking coach bag. Well, where, your le- where your skin is transparent. Yeah, I'm going to just, uh, you know, after the age of 50, I'm just going to like Diane Keaton it and like never show my arms ever yeah, again. No, yeah. No, Long I... sleeves forever. Yeah. But it, I think like what the, what the fuck am I supposed to wear when I'm 90 if I make it to that? I don't know. I think about that a lot. Like, is there just like a an over seventy five store? Yeah, where you just go pick out a pantsuit. Isn't it called Talbots? That no. Talbots. It's a classic. Isn't that where the old lady shop is? Talbots. No, that's like where rich like fifty year old shop. Oh, uh, what's there's there's a there's a there's a bunch of them in uh, Penn Square Mall, and they're all kind of right next to each other. Everything's like pastel. Yeah. And uh, not polyester, but it's like silky. Oh, that shit's like rayon and polyester. Yeah. Yeah. The, I, I guess you hit a point in your life where like maybe maybe it comes in a catalog. And he's like, you pick out. Catalog. Yeah. What color scheme do you like? And for some reason, like old ladies, older ladies, like wearing like chunky jewelry, like chunky either necklaces or like uh, kerchiefs. And it's probably to hide turkey goozle. Yeah, it's definitely to hide the, the goozle. But, oh, you know, older dudes do it now, too. Like, uh, Johnny Depp wears a bunch of that to cover his old turkey goozle. A little goozle. I think that if I got a severe goozle, I might tuck it. I think that I'm vain enough. Get it pulled in? I'd get that shit pulled in. Yeah, that's one of mine. There's there's a couple of things that when I see it in a movie, or like I see, I see like, an, an aged actor who used to be, like, handsome as fuck. Like, when you see Robert De Niro in a movie now, or just in general... <laughs> You're like, <laughs> man, you used to be fucking, you know what I mean? Like, you were a handsome man at one time. And now He's you're kind of a handsome older man. Right, but they, you start noticing that little goozle. Oh, the goozle. And then the, the, the jowls, bloaty. the bloaty jowls. DiCaprio started getting that young, the bloaty jowls. And then the, I've, been, I've had crow's feet forever, and I've been made fun of since I was like in my early 20s for it. And it's been a very self-conscious Thing for me. Punch that kid in the fucking face. Well, there's a lot of them. Like everyone made fun Just of them punch, punch the world in punch. the face. <laughs> How do we get on this? Oh, we're 30 episodes in. 
Oh, um, I think that at some point I decided that at some age that I have yet to determine, I'm just going to go full elementary school art teacher. Yeah. And just wear a lot of tunics and a lot of jewelry. Yeah, it's like an old lady thing. You just accessorize. You wear a lot of linen and you accessorize. Yeah, uh, maybe maybe a lot of rings, maybe a lot of turquoise. Lo- a lot of turquoise. A lot of turquoise. Yeah. A lot of a lot of uh, a lot of your summers and spring breaks are spent in like New Mexico, Santa Fe, Santa Fe. Maybe if you got a little bit of extra money, you go to uh, what's that one? Sedona. <laughs> we went to Sedona for the summer. I don't think that either one of those towns needs another white lady. No, they don't need any more people in them. That's what I'm saying. Well, the past 30 episodes have been brought to you by Anthem Brewing. <laughs> AnthemBrewing.com, located at 908 Southwest 4th Street in the heart of Oklahoma City. Go to Is the website. The well, that's, well, yeah, I guess it would say you're in between the two uh, sp- spots. Go to the website. Check out their menu. They have new taproom items all of the time. The patio is almost done. Patio is done. People have been out on it. I've, they've posted pictures of people on the patio. It's a very exciting time. They're having a party on the 29th. Patio party, Halloween. Get on it. You hear that hiss? I liked it. That's a great crack. Thanks. Anthembrewing.com. We are also brought to you by Diggit. Located at 1739 Northwest 16th Street in the plaza. Digitokc.com. Find them on Instagram at digitokc and Facebook at digit. Oh, I wonder what they're going to do for Halloween. Yeah, it's going to be something ridiculously ins- insane. If you're not following Digit on Instagram, do so. Uh, it's entertaining. They have lots of cool stuff on there. Uh, and they always have really cool shit in the Dude, store. Dude, they've been doing so many like music. Like they just had cassette week. Um, last weekend, uh, they're doing all these concerts and like full moon pop-ups and like, I hope it keeps going into the winter. I hope that they don't stop. No, they just bring it indoors. Do it inside. Or just have like space heaters outside or some shit. I don't know. Right. Those little, uh, you know, little patio heaters. Get your drunk jacket on. Dude. <laughs> and indeed. We're also brought to you by Block Bar. Instagram at the Block Bar. B-L-O-K. At 30 Northeast 2nd Street, the Red Shipping Container Building. With the big numbers on it. Can't miss it. Boy, oh boy. I'm very excited. Dude, they're like... Their menu is like a sleeper hit. It's the best. Dude, it's it's so fucking good. It, it, they, they now have Casso's Chicken. Uh, we went last weekend. I had the... I went on Friday. <laughs> yeah. I had the Chicken Parmesan version of the chicken sandwich which was slap your mom in the face delicious it's pretty good i had the classic which is just a fried chicken sandwich with Mm -hmm. pickles sans pickles because i don't like them vegan style it's so great check them out not only they have food they have booze and on friday it's ladies night everyone drinks three dollar cocktails all night long well cocktails well cocktails they have a happy hour every week they have this amazing Halloween cocktail menu right now. Yeah, you're telling me about that. Um, they kind of do, they rotate like a specialty cocktail menu. And I had the Sirius Black, which was like a gin champagne. And that's a Harry Potter reference. Yes. Okay. Um, I've never heard Are people supposed to hear that? 
I've never watched Harry Potter. Okay. Uh, it was an amazing cocktail. It had activated charcoal in it, so it was black. Mm -hmm. And then it had edible glitter in it. It was amazing. So it was like sparkly and... It was like sparkly and like... Did it look like a, a potion or an elixir? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like the activated charcoal kind of floated. It was amazing. Did you taste the charcoal or was no, it... No. It, it doesn't have a flavor. That's interesting. That I tasted cool. the gin mostly. <laughs> yeah. So check them out. Check out Block Bar. Good peeps. Good times. Good. We're thankful for all the people who... And if you want to check us out, we have a vintage booth. <laughs> who chose to promote our podcast. Yes. Champion underscore vintage underscore OKC on Instagram. We're located in the Orange Peel Boutique. In the Alcourt. Shoppies. At Old Britain. Yeah. Shoppies. It's Are a shoppie. Shoppies? It's a shoppie. We just had a pop-up. Thank you to everyone who came out to the pop-up at 89th Street. Thank you, it, 89th Street. Thank you, 89th Street. It was a blast. And then we got hit with a tornado. Almost tornado. The next day. Yeah. Next day, tornado. Uh, we're going to do another pop-up in December. It will be Christmas-themed. Keep your eyes peeled, huh? Hey. It'll be a good time. Oh, wow. You ready to get this show started? Yeah, I guess. All right. I believe it is your go. Even. Mm-hmm. Even episode. What, All right. what you I, got on the menu? I appreciate you leaving the house a little while ago so I could listen to my song again before we did the podcast. You need a little refresher. A little refresh. Um, okay. I have no real segue here, but I knew when we started this podcast, I was going to do a Death Cab for Cutie song. It took me an immensely long time to figure out which one I would do. <laughs> They've got a lot. Yeah. Um, so the song that I picked, uh, it's called Title Track, and it's the first song on We Have the, F the Facts and We're Voting Yes. Left uninspired by the crust of railroad earth that touched the land to the pages of your manuscript. I took my thumb off the like choking sorry it's well you're you're so choked up because <laughs> it's such a beautiful song oh i don't know if i'd call it beautiful but mm -hmm. uh -huh. i don't think i've heard this song i'm i'm only familiar with death cabs like 
hits. They're adult contemporary albums? Very much so. <laughs> like, you know. This is the new year. That's the first Death Cup song I ever heard. Okay. Yeah, that's later. Yeah. Uh, so this is, We Have the Facts is their second album. It was released in 2000. Uh, I'm an old school Death hey, Cat fan. Ride or die. I think that I, this is probably the album that I... Is this one or the next one? The photo album is probably when I actually started when I heard them. Okay. Um, so I don't know how we feel about side one, track one song. Is this the side one, track one? Yeah. This is the first song on the album. Okay. I mean, I'm a, I'm a fan of side one, track one. Is it? Do we poo-poo on it? Is it taboo? No, it's not taboo. We, are we going to Jack Black about it? We can. <laughs> no, I mean, there's so many, like that infamous scene in the movie, there's so many great side one track ones. Kind of a new record. Excuse very. Me, I in a minute. Very nice, Rob. A sly declaration of new classic status slipped into a list of old safe ones. Very pussy. I, I, again, I've never heard it, so I don't, have a, it. I don't have a frame of reference. <laughs> I like when I bring up a song that you've never heard and you're just like... Does it make you lose a little bit of respect for me? Like a song that I should know? Should I know this one? No. Okay. Um, it's just hard to have a conversation about a song that you've never heard before. Yeah, I know. And I'm, I'm, I pick all these like fucking, you know, though everyone knows these. Songs. No, it, that, that wasn't... I wasn't making commentary on that. Hmm. Anyways. <laughs> anyway. Anyways. Um, yeah, I was, so I was going through like, I think like two episodes ago, episodes ago, I was like, okay, I, I need to figure out this death cat for cutie. Cause they are one of my favorite, I'll, they're one of my favorite artists, mm-hmm. even though they're now officially classified as adult contemporary on fucking Spotify. <laughs> okay. But what would you, what category would you have put them in, in like say 2000, what, four? I would say, I mean, they used to be an indie rock band. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they were on Sub Pop Records. Yeah, and they were, so they were on Bar Souk, and then they got signed to Sub Pop because they're from Seattle. And then probably after, like, Transatlanticism, they started making... Which New Year was on that one, right? Yes. Okay. They started, like, Ben Gibber got sober and started, like, trail running and just started writing, like, <laughs> boring adult pop songs with the occasional banger but it's very boring and now i know why chris wallow left the band <laughs> um which he did say he left so chris wallow was the producer guitar player um did he play the guitar chris i'm not sure i, I i'm you not have no idea of anything about death cat for cutie no i'm not i like i said i know the hits i i didn't jump into so when did this record come out? You said 2000? 2000. In the year 2000. In the year 2000. I was... He was a guitar player. I was 18. My life in the year 2000 was pop punk. Like, it was newfound glory. It was <laughs> Blink-182. It was like the living end. I was listening to Lit in 2000. You know what I mean? Like, I was, I was mall punk. Uh, you would not have, you might, you might have liked me. I don't know. I looked cool. <laughs> I listened to some, it was punk. It was pop punk. Right. When all my, when all my cool friends mm-hmm. went off and started listening to Death Cab and at the drive-in <laughs> and that's like fucking 
I thought they were going adult contemporary in my mind. Like, oh, you're going to go with that college indie shit? Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of that stuff did like segue into adult contemporary. Sure did. I'm not judging you. I'm not saying you're judging me. Okay. I'm just not familiar. Should we pause it and I listen to the song real quick? No. To get a frame of reference? You can listen to it when you edit it. I definitely will. <laughs> so I think that, yeah, so transatlanticism and before, I think that Death Cab for Cutie had this like very distinct kind of like, they call it slowcore. I don't know what the fuck that is, hmm. but it was very like sad and reflective and Ben Gibbard would write these songs about like unrequited love or you know, being a fuck up. And he was a much, like, I hate saying this, but he was a much better songwriter before he, like, got his shit together. When he was a sad bastard. Yeah. That always happens. So my friends who got into this band got into them by way of, you know, like, emo. Like, not, you know, Taking Back Sunday, but, like, emo emo. And, like, kind of, I always put them kind of in that category of, like, how do I want to put this? Like, college emo. Like, Ivy League emo yeah they were a college indie rock band yeah that's where i would put them you know but like so chris Wallow left the band in 2014 because he like he said that he could no longer like write songs with ben gibbard like they were just diverging on different paths but he also produced all of their mm-hmm. records he's so also, their sound was with him yeah i mean he's also like a really phenomenal producer in his own right mm-hmm. he does a lot of stuff with like pacific northwest bands he has his own uh, the Hall of Justice is the recording studio. I like it. Yeah. So you can definitely tell, like, when he left, like, the sound that I was equating to them was he was producing it. Okay. But I specifically like this song because I think it's a good song. And then you get into like a minute and a half, and the fucking bass comes in, and it like deepens the whole track and you're like oh I didn't know that that was missing there it's amazing takes it to another level I tried my best to keep my distance from your dress but call response overturns conventions so it builds it's a song that builds up yeah and I think that like what I like about because I listen to a bunch of songs and it's like what they were really good at is like layering sounds and building to this like crescendo, mm-hmm. which if you listen to the song, like transatlanticism, like that's a very perfect example of the death cab sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause it gets to this big peak and then, you know, it just kind of falls off. And a lot of their songs were like that. And I think they used to be a much more interesting band. Uh, so how do you feel about when we saw them live? Had you seen them live before that time? Yes. Okay. So, um, I think that was a very good show. By the way, that was a very old man way to say that. When we saw them live. When we saw them live. In concert. In concert. On a day. The night. venue is fucking terrible. I'm just going to shout it out right now. The Criterion is the worst venue in Oklahoma City. Yes. Said it. But this whole place sucks. Uh, we. We were standing in a particular, we found a particular spot where it sounded decent or whatever. That's not the first time I'd seen them. I actually, and I, I think that I said that it was the first time I seen them play all the way through because I actually, so the first time I saw them was at the Diamond Ballroom and like, 
2001, 2002, mm-hmm. maybe. And uh, it was a pretty incredible show considering that they have this song, and I don't know what song it was, that chord structure was very similar to Complicated by what? Avril Lavigne. Okay. And so they started this song, and then when they got to that chord structure, they played Complicated and then finished their song. Oh, it, a nice little medley bringing it in and out. It was fun. Okay. It was really fun. All right. Um, but probably 2005, the band Pretty Girls Make Graves yes. opened for them on tour and they played three shows in Houston or they played three shows in Texas. Okay. Yeah. At that time you were in. Okay. And Pretty Girls Make Graves is from Seattle too. Um, I think they're all like adjacent friends. See, and that those are two bands that I could kind of see playing together. In 2004, it made sense. Yeah. That didn't make sense. Uh-oh. I saw Pretty Girls on that tour. They played here at the Green Door. Oh, then it, it must have been the year after. I, it was somewhere it, between... It was an off day. They did, it, yeah, it was that year. Oh, okay. But, you know, a lot of bands have an off day and they'll just pop up and do another... Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Well, my friend and I had tickets. We, she was obsessed with Pretty Girls. We bought... Tickets to all their shows in Texas. We drove mm. around. We called it, uh, I think those girls are following us tour. Because <laughs> my friend made a point. She was like obsessed with one of the, she was obsessed with the singer. She made a point to go buy something every night at each show just to be like a super creep. Whatever. To make herself known. Yeah. What a weirdo. <laughs> but she fucking hated Death Cab for Cutie. So... I actually never saw them play on, mm-hmm. at any of those shows. Okay. Well, I, I, I was Googling Death Cab Tour 2001 to see who they play with. Because, you know, like I said, they're such a, I'm not going to say eclectic, but they're one of those bands that could jump on basically a tour with anybody. Around that time, yeah. Around that time. And I'm like, okay, what was the 2001? Were they on tour with the Thermals then? Maybe. It might have been one leg of the tour, but damn, that would have been cool. That's a band I never got to see live, and I'm pretty bummed that I'll never get to see them. Yeah, I don't remember if they did play. The I don't know if we stayed for it. The opening act. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I went to three Death Cab for Cutie shows in Texas, and I got to watch them play New Year once mm-hmm. in Dallas. Well, that, was, that was the hit. It was a hit, but they started with it and it was really cool. So they played at the Granada in Dallas. Oh, in the Greenville? Right? Yeah. Yeah. I love that venue. And it was around Halloween. And so they opened with New Year and they were playing The Bride of Frankenstein. Like, you know how it's like a, it's mm-hmm. an old movie house. The, yeah. the back is like concave, like an opera mm-hmm. style. And they were playing a movie. They were playing movies on like while the bands played. And they open to so think about how the that song starts mm-hmm. to like Frankenstein or I think it was Frankenstein, not the Bride of Frankenstein. That's cool. Yeah, that's a really cool idea. And I got to see one fucking song, and she was like, "We're leaving. <laughs> Get rid of that friend. We're not friends anymore." Good, good. I've never walked out of a concert. I don't again the concert. I never walked out of a show for a band that I wanted to see. I've walked out like after I wanted to see a band like, you know, later, but never like now, if you're paying money to see, if that's the band, was that the band that she wanted to see? 
She wanted to see pretty. I mean, we both wanted to okay. see pretty girls make graves. What a shitty friend. You, <laughs> yeah. Like, dude, I sat through the thing you wanted to see. Can I? Can we see this? Everyone's here. Go sit down. If you don't want to, sit down. There's plenty of seats. That's not how the friendship worked. Ugh, not a fan of that friendship. No, that's a beautiful. Ven- that that's a really cool venue to see all that shit in too. Yeah, I'm glad I got to witness like that. At least that one song. Yeah, it was pretty cool. What's well, a uh, again? It definitely has that Death Cab. Uh, uh, style of st- song structure where it kind of sweeps in and then builds up to like a crescendo. Yeah. And then like, but every chorus is that. That's just, the the chorus is building up to that bam bam, and then has that little bridge that it breaks down and then comes right back out. Yeah. They have this. Um, it's not a particularly good song, <laughs> but um. They used to make all these like one-off, um, like EPs. They have a really mm-hmm. amazing cover of um, "All Is Full of Love" mm-hmm. by Bjork. Uh, it's on an EP. Have you mm-hmm. ever heard that song? "All Is Full of Love." Okay. See, I'm not cool. I'm, I'm not. You're no, learning more and more. But we've been married uh, uh, nine years ago. We've been married seven years. Seven years. We've been dog. okay. <laughs> we just celebrated anniversary. I know my brain is. I, I'm old. My brain doesn't work. We just celebrated anniversary, and I think the more we do these episodes, the more you're realizing how uncool I am. Or maybe you just knew that already, inherently. That's not what I think at all <laughs> when we have these conversations. Uh, a friend of the show and friend of mine, Colin Butler, is going to be very upset about this episode. He loves Death Cabin. Oh. Like, I know nothing about them. Um, so in 2002, they put out, you can play these songs with chords. Which they also had really cool inserts in their CDs because mm-hmm. it's what time it was. So the cover of this, I'm going to show you. It's a, a film cell. Uh huh. When you open it, it's like a film cell, and it's a picture of downtown Bellingham in like the 50s. That's and they used to cool. do cool like inserts that like like uh, we have the facts. They have like. It's like an insert with inside of an insert, and they have like the mm-hmm. front has holes. It's just it's it was oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that the uh, the the two people running? Yeah, there's like polka dots. Yeah, the polka dots are holes, and there's like a picture insert that comes out. Doesn't Lonesome Crowd of West have something like that too? That's kind of interesting. No, they don't have any inserts on there. See, I, I miss the era, and maybe it's because it's all digital now, and no one really cares about. But you should put more care into. The physical copy of a thing, if someone's going to buy, they're going to drop the money on a physical copy. I miss that. I miss when, when album art was interesting, like when you got like a gatefold, you know, record or a CD that had a booklet that had something other than just, you know, a booklet. Like, yeah. give me something else. Yeah. Give me some art. Or like something like, like Reggie and the Full Effect put out Under the Tray. And it was a small thing, but you lift under the tray. Ah. Uh, There's something else in there. I'm a grumpy old man. I don't like everything the way it is now compared to the way it used to be. <laughs> just like, just... Make it a little bit more interesting. I just purchased, well, I purchased a, a, a year ago and just mm-hmm. got it not too long ago, the MXPX uh, vinyl box set, which was a genius idea. Take all the records they put out thus far, put them together in a vinyl box set, some of which were only released one time and are very rare. Yeah. But the packaging is great. Everything looks great. All the artwork, 
mean, it's all original art, but all the, all the vinyl matches to the record. Just put. It's not that hard to make it interesting. No, and Death Cab, yeah, they did a good job of making that. Yeah, until they became the Dave Matthews Band. Hey. Um, so on you. That's a little harsh. N- it's not. <laughs> you can play these songs with Cord has a song called Flustered Hey Tomcat, which we will put a sample of in here so you can hear what I'm talking about. I got news for you, email. News for you, email. I got news. And vibe meter. I think it's um. I, I like the beat a lot, and I like the So, and this is kind of this is a perfect example of how they used to be much more interesting and um. Experiments, experimental. Mm-hmm. This song is an electronic song that they made on tape by looping it around door handles. You know, I'm a fan of like weird ways of recording. Yeah. And like Chris Wall is like super into like, you know, analog tape recording, weird shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they, they just looped tape around door handles and pulled it as they were recording it and they made a fucking scratch song. That's super rad. And it's completely analog. Yeah. I'm into that. I'm into that a lot. I like that. The more I hear people talk about Death Cab, uh, the more I am bummed that I didn't get into them earlier. Again, we went to that show and I was all in for like, man, I'm here for it. Like, yeah. Show me show me what you got, Gibby and the boys. Gibby and the boys. And, and it could have been the venue, but I, I don't know. I, just, I wasn't. It didn't, didn't hit me. I should have went. My friends went to that 2001 Diamond Ballroom show. Yeah. I kindly skipped out on that one. I am good. Mm-hmm. Thanks, good. but no thanks. Thank you, but no thank you. Or did I go because someone else opened? I don't know. I don't remember. It was 20 years ago. Yeah. Ooh. But maybe I'll go back. Maybe I'll use this as a... Uh, that my the my t-shirt quilt mm-hmm. the death cap shirt that's from that show oh that's rad in 2001 yeah maybe I'll, I'll use this as an opportunity to go back and uh reacquaint myself with i could give you some highlights yeah. if you'd like to hear yeah point um, in the direction there's a lot to go through there's a lot to go through actually uh the photo album is having its 20th birthday and it's actually like my favorite full uh-huh. like all together all bangers no turds they're doing a 20th anniversary tour for that too I, i'm pretty sure well they're doing a pre-order vinyl which i need to mm-hmm. but it has all these like demo versions and all these extra things it's on clear vinyl it'll probably show up you know next summer yeah vinyl pressing is uh, a little behind yeah a little behind yeah, Death Cab's one of those bands, like Modest Mouse, another one of those bands that were like, had like a lot of indie cred and then went totally adult contemporary. That yeah. I never really got into. Like, uh, what is it, The Moon in Antarctica? That's that, probably their last good album. That's the only thing I ever heard. And then I heard. Quote unquote, depends on where you started. And then I heard Float On and I was like, oh. Yeah. What is this? 
Radio the, jingle. Radio jingle, man. Yeah, you're, we're not selling. I mean, you can say the same thing about Death Cab. It's, it's songs to sell cars. Like iPhones. Yeah. It's it's a car. It's a song to sell something to. Yeah. And hey, no, do what you do. Makes money. I hope. I'm hoping you're making money. I hope so. Yeah. But so yeah, title track by Death Cab for Cutie. Can't wait to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I never played Death Cab in like the car or something. Um, no, I do believe we used to have these nights where we would get a little drunk and uh, listen to records. We haven't done that in a while. We have not. There's a couple nights where you put on some Death Cab. I only have like, I think I only have the photo album. Yeah, then I'm sure I've heard it, but it's I'm, not on that record. I don't have the first two albums on oh, okay. vinyl. My birthday's in June. <laughs> Noted. Awesome. All right, your turn. Well, I'm taking it back. <laughs> you always do. I always do. And I'm going back to the 90s. Where you permanently live. I'm a dude. I'm a child of the 90s. <laughs> I said it in the beginning, like, I'm going to be the 90 year old in the 90s. Like, it's just. I'm not going anywhere with you if you're wearing Jinkos when you're 90. Oh, hey. Are they going to bring back fur? They'll bring back furs like as a retro. <laughs> oh, I will go to furs. By popular demand, furs short time $3.99 continues. The $3.99 all you can eat, that is, of everything we've got. Like all your favorite entrees, vegetables, salads, and desserts. All you can eat for just $3.99 at lunch, $4.99 at dinner, and all day Saturday. But don't wait too long to dine. Our special price ends February 29. That's why we call this all you can eat the short time $3.99. Only at Furs Cafeterias. Cause it's here today and gone. Yeah, I'll be wearing dicky pants and a fucking <laughs> I do that anyway now. So I have to say the artist's name first because saying the name of the song will give it away, but both will give it away. The artist is Lucas, <laughs> and the song is Lucas with the lid on. Talk away. Hey, hey, hey. Move to the front, take it off, take it off. Count. 
cast the vibes. Oh, 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 cause it's Lucas with a little cast the vibes, cast the vibes. Oh, 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 cause it's Lucas with a little sound, 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 sound. This is off his second album. Didn't know he had a first one. No. Nope. Uh, 1994's Lucacentric. Um, and doing research for this, uh, learned a lot of things that I didn't know. Because you didn't have the internet back in 1994. It was actually the year before the internet became like, huge. Or, I mean, I guess. Accessible. Accessible. So he was born Lucas Sekan. Second? Sekan? Whatever. He's from Denmark. Did you know that shit? Uh, yeah. I, I learned that later on that he was, like, European. Did not know that. So this song has popped up a lot lately. And has it's the one universe of, told you something? The universe keeps telling me it's the, I think this is the song. <laughs> and, buddy, Robbie Ray has been coming up in his life a lot, too. And I'm like, that's it. The universe is speaking to me. It's this. This is the song. This is the one. Mm-hmm. Um, he showed it to his daughter. She fucking loves it. <laughs> Along with Mambo Number no. Five. Oh wow! So this song came out in '94. Uh, I had this single. Funny you mention it. We have the single of this up at Champion Vintage, located at Orangefield in the uh, Burton District. Uh, it was released after signing to an Atlantic Records hip-hop like offshoot record label called big beat uh he signed in 93 the song peaked at number 29 on the hot 100 which is i thought it would have been higher than that the song yeah. was fucking i heard it Everywhere. all of the time yeah lucas was a lit off man uh his only top 40 solo artist hit he has produced and written songs for other artists uh like britney spears and christina aguilera kylie minow tiny tony braxton like a ton of other artists. But so he's a, doing okay. He's doing all right. He's doing okay. Uh, his most, he was most successful in Australia where it hit number 15. Good day, mate. Um, <laughs> of course it's Australia. You cannot talk about this song without talking about the music video, which was directed by French film director Michel Gondry. What? Yeah. Uh, I think that's how you pronounce the name. Yeah, it is. It received a Grammy nomination for Best Music Video and an MTV VMA nomination for Best Male Video. That thing should have won. Do you remember the music video for Lucas with the Let Off? I don't, but now I'm imagining it's pretty surrealist. It's surrealist. It's noir as fuck. It is black and white. (laughs) um, And it's all one continuous shot. So he changes these scenes, and they're all like close, like, Close shots. Mm-hmm. And then they're, he's walking in and out of frame and they're changing scenes behind the camera. It's, well, isn't that how Michel Gondry got his start? Uh, he's made music videos? Yeah. He, well, he, he did like Science of Sleep, Be Kind Rewind, Green Hornet. Those are the movies that he's done. But yeah, he's done like a ton of music videos too. Yeah, very surrealist uh, <laughs> vibe in the video. For sure. It's... Um, Listener, if you haven't seen it, pause the show right now. Go to YouTube. Yeah, I'm going to watch it. And watch Lucas with the Lid Off music video. <laughs> yeah, he wrote all that, wrote songs for other people. Yeah, the video is very French. 
<laughs> very, very French. I, I remember, okay, so I saw this music video and heard the song for the first time, 1994. I'm 12 years old. Uh, we used to, me and my brother would get a ride to school from our across-the-street neighbor who was friends with my brother. He lived with his grandpa. And we would sit in the living room and wait for his grandpa to get ready to take us, <laughs> finish his coffee or whatever. And we'd sit in the living room and we would watch one of two things. It was either ESPN, we would watch uh, Sports Center. Yeah. Because they liked basketball, or we would watch MTV. And on this morning, we were watching MTV. And the Lucas with the lid off video came on and the three of us were like, what is this? Because it starts out with like that. You're being exposed to like fringe surrealist. Well, here's the thing. Surrealism. Well, you're getting bombarded on all levels. So visually you're getting bombarded with this like French surrealist black and white music video. But the song, he's sampling Benny Goodman. So it's opening that. that it's a Benny Goodman song called When Buddha Smiles. So you're getting that, and that's just on a loop. And then just... The, the lyrics to it, which for probably, I don't know, 15 years, I didn't know. And I thought it was just... He's just like scatting. It's what it sounds like. But what he's saying is, whatever bubbles, bubbles up. And then the other guy is saying... Those actual words. Actual words. And this is like, run, come follow me, run, come now. That dude is saying, run, come follow me, run, come follow me now. Learned some things. For the longest time, I thought it was just like random scatting. Because you're hearing the jazz, and you're like, of course it's just scatting. Yeah. Catch the vibe. Catch just the vibe. Scatting. But it is a song about just like literally just doing what you want, catch the vibe. Trying to get a nut off, just just trying to hang out and whatever that means, either having intercourse or just is, is that what he says? Trying to get a nut off. He says Lucas with the lid off. Yeah, I got my nut off, but that could mean maybe he just had a good day. You know, it doesn't have to mean it doesn't be sexual. Day ejaculated. Yeah, like we have like a great day. We're just like fuck. <laughs> maybe they maybe that's what it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, this. Is, this song dude it's like i haven't heard this song in a very long time this is one of Intentionally. my this is one of those songs that like trigger memories or it's it's just ingrained in my mind you know what i mean like i i think this might have been what sparked the swing revival that happened not too long after that like 95 96 when the swing revival hit you think Lucas with the lid off started the swing revival? Sampling Benny Goodman might have put a little a little nugget in people's heads of like, man, do you remember jazz? Let's make swing again. Let's make swing swing again. Maybe. I don't know. But it's, um, and you never heard from him again. He, yeah. didn't, he didn't put out another single or anything. It just, that's it. He gives you Lucas with the lid off. And just and fades back away. into obscurity. And it's not like it's a short, quick song. It's, it's pretty long. It's pretty long. There's like 
three verses and they're all very long. But he always goes back to, you know, a super simple chorus of whatever bubbles bubbles up. Because it's Lucas with the lid off. Maybe it's like a pot. You know, like you boil a pot and it boils up. Yeah. But if you have the lid on it, it's just going to overflow, right? But if you have the lid off. Thank you for breaking that down for it, me. It'll just stay at a, a nice simmer. <laughs> now I'm learning things. As I'm just speaking out loud, I'm learning things about this song. That You're like getting very introspective about the song. About Lucas with the lid off. Yeah. Uh, skating rink jam for sure. Yeah. Um, this I was mean, like the summer KJ 103 jam. Oh, yeah. Whitewater Bay. Oh, yeah. Whitewater Bay for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, uh, it, speaking of singles, this was this was the single to buy. Oh, yeah. Because you're not going to buy the album. Luca centric. What else is on there? Nothing. Uh, there's a couple of other tracks, but nothing that you would know. It yeah. nothing ever charted or even like really tracked that much. It, one can write him off as a novelty. Oh, he's a one hit wonder. But his flow was it was he had good flow. You know, like ski low. Well, obviously he was successful like writing songs. Yeah. He just I, well, couldn't translate into success for himself. Right. And I'm sure like in Europe he did pretty well, but it, it seemed like he just wanted to do this one. Well, he apparently had an album before that. And then I don't know, man. It's it's a it's an enigma to me that you make this and maybe maybe I'm just misremembering or I'm a rose tinted glasses on Lucas with the lid off. <laughs> but it in in my memory, it was you you couldn't go anywhere without hearing it. No, I mean it was definitely like what did you say, ninety four? Nineteen ninety four, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, so what we were twelve. Mm-hmm. Definitely a a musical highlight in my twelfth rotation. Yeah. So that means that I wasn't interesting when I was twelve. So it had to have been on the radio or MTV. Well, yeah, this came about. Yeah, so when I'm 12, I'm kind of going through that phase of where I'm listening to a hip-hop a lot, like uh, Snoop Dogg's Doggy Style that came out, The Chronic. Mm-hmm. So I'm listening to my brother's copy of those, uh, while at the same time listening to, like, Green Day. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this song came out, and it, uh, I definitely liked how, f- how fun it was. It's a very fun song. Well, yeah, you didn't really get a whole lot of fun hip hop back then. It was very, uh, that's when like gangster rap was becoming huge. And it was all about, you know, fuck like killing cops and violent, and violent, and violent, and massage, very misogynistic. Yeah. And this song was just like, well, I'm just going to sample some jazz and have a good time. Yeah. I didn't realize the video was, was directed by him until I did research. I was like, that makes a whole world of sense. Yeah. I mean, I don't. Claim to know a lot about him either, but that that video has never come up when you talk about his like music videos. Yeah, but it should because that, and maybe I'm just a sucker for this style of of film. Like, I mean, maybe that was before he became uh, before you know Americans were aware of Michel Gondry. Yeah, but like uh, that's like. That one continuous shot thing, I'm I'm a sucker for that kind of thing. Even if it's faked, I like it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, a, what was it, Birdman? There's supposed to be one continuous shot, but it, 
It wasn't. What was that war movie? Dunkirk? Oh, 1917? 1918? Whatever it is. 19 something. Yeah, I mean, because it's exceptionally hard to film something in one take. And get all those working parts together. Yeah. Like, it's just, even without, before they start shooting, it's like a mastery of planning. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the blocking and all. It's crazy. It's like a dance. Yeah. You know? Well, it's, the in-camera editing is, I've always loved that. Like, when I was a kid, we had a VHS, VHS camera and we would, well, we would borrow my aunt's VHS camera. And we would shoot commercials or we'd try to shoot, like, action sequences <laughs> but without having we didn't have like a way to edit so you did all in camera edit stuff and you don't really know what you're doing you just kind of fake it till you make it yeah so you do like you'd record and then you'd pause not stop the tape you'd pause, pause it, it yeah. pause recording and then have some you know what i mean like it looked really choppy because you're doing it on a jv jvc fucking now is a piece of shit, but back then it was like a you know three thousand dollars box. Yeah, yeah. It was a giant actual VHS size cassette tape in it. Yeah, crazy. JVC's AX10 compact VHS camcorder has so many features it even has its own light. Plus, we made sure its cassettes play on your VHS VCR at home. JVC's AX10, its cassettes play on any VHS VCR. Yeah, that was my that's my choice. Excellent choice. Learn something new. Lucas with the lid off. I'm going to watch that video when we stop recording oh. this. You're welcome. Thank you for introducing us to this video. It's so good. And uh, here's the thing. You can't find it on YouTube. It's only on Vimeo, I believe. If you just Google Lucas with a lid off video, it'll pull up a site. But it's not on YouTube for some reason. Huh. Weird. Maybe Michelle Gondry has a... It's like banned on uh, YouTube. A stamp on her. Yeah. It's a great video, though. Hmm. Yeah. So we're going to go see some music this weekend. I'm excited about it. So uh, you're going to get to meet your old father. Oh. <laughs> We're going to go see Alabama, and I've never seen them, and I'm super excited about it. I know it's not going to be... It's definitely going to be a concert. Oh, yeah. It's in the not B- a show. The BOK Center is huge fucking arena. This is a concert. Mm-hmm. This is a... Can we count how many times they say um, either Tulsa or Oklahoma? Oh, it's going to be a lot. That's Randy Owens. Like, that's his thing. That's his thing. Thing going. Hello. Hey, Tulsa. Of course, now it's going to be a lot lower in the register because he's an old man. Right. Speaking of hiding the goozle, he wears a... A kerchief. To hide the goozle. It's fine. He's an old man. He's like 80. Yeah. Keep rocking, though. In the real world? Yeah, you could do that. The free world. Whatever. Free isn't free. Uh, I'm excited for a little Tulsa trip. I'm excited for a little getaway. Yeah, I'm excited to not have to work on weekends anymore oh, and yeah. have freedom to do things. And we'll go do them in Tulsa. Yeah. I'm going to drag you to the Tulsa's 
Tulsa Farmer's Market. Hey, I'm stoked for that. I'm, the older I get, man, the more I'm into that kind of shit. We bought, uh, we got a couple of pumpkins. We got roped into that. When you go to a grocery store now in, in the fall, there's like pumpkins outside. There's and that's like how they draw bin, you in. Bins of gourds. Mm-hmm. Well, you let it be known that you've never carved a pumpkin. I have never in my life carved a pumpkin. And I'm just, oh, you grew up religious. Did you guys not, was it like satanic or something no, to do so Halloween? you got all these like vintage Halloween decor things. Yeah. My house was covered in that shit. My mom decorated for every, dude. Why did your mom never carve pumpkins? It just never came up. Maybe pumpkins were expensive. I don't know. We never carved pumpkins, though. I mean, I can't say that we did it a lot as kids. Maybe pumpkins. I mean, you're basically just carving. You're just wasting money. That might be it. The same reason why my parents didn't really buy fireworks either. Right. Because you're just blowing up money. But no, like, yeah, my house was always decorated like to the nines with Halloween. Like your mom spent all the pumpkin money. Hank, yeah, she spent all the pumpkin money on like (laughs) ghosts that would hang and then like go (laughs) the one that goes. It's like you just a, terrified all the pets. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a little floating ghost. Yeah, and then you know, a little like, it like vibrates. Yeah, and stuff in the windows, and then like uh, motion activated things. If you walk by it, the eyes will glow up and like go oh, shit like that. Wow, you guys went all out. We just had like the shitty. No, well, that was part of it. The shitty signs with like seventeen years of tape. Yeah, on one end where yeah, you like would the, put in the window, like the cardboard esque things, or like the um, the scarecrow kind of thing that would have like those. What do you call those with the arms that would, uh, Brad, like 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 pocket Brad kind of a thing <laughs> where it would only move at the bow at the elbow at the joints. Jointed, and then the ones that we got <laughs> that did not survive the storm were the ones that the arms and legs are... Uh, like crepe paper? Yeah, crepe paper that are like... I'm super pissed about that, that we put the skeleton on the door and it lasted like a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Storm took it away. And then I found it in the yard. Yeah. Well, that's what happens when you try to use scotch tape on a door. Uh, that's, hey, that's how I grew up putting them up. They, what else are you going to use? I don't know. If it doesn't skip, stick with scotch tape, it doesn't stick. Hey, it's not meant to be. It's just not meant to be. I'm excited about Halloween. Um, hopefully we'll put up another one of these before Halloween. Try to do a little spooky episode. Yeah, I don't know how we're going to do spooky episodes. We can, we, I think we can get it done. Because I already our, picked Thriller. Oh, there's, there's so many more spooky songs. I'm going to pick Monster Mash. <laughs> you heard it first. You heard it first. Monster Mash. Are we doing a giveaway? Yes, we're going to do a giveaway. We will announce it when we drop this episode. So on Wednesday, Wednesday, the 20th, the 20th, keep an eye on your gram. We're going to post another giveaway. Exciting times, man. 30 episodes. I just realized if we did, if we did do a Halloween episode, it would be the 31st (gasps) and Halloween falls on the 31st. I think we we kind of have, we kind of have to now. Yeah. All right. We'll do a spooky show. Thank you guys for listening. It's been a fun one. Thanks to our sponsors. Thanks to all of our sponsors, Anthem Brewing, Dig It, Block Bar. Check them out on social media. Follow them on social media. Uh, Go follow, you throw fo- money at them. Yes. Follow us on social media. We are on Facebook at Mixtapes Heartbreaks. We are on Instagram at Mixtapes and Heartbreaks. We have a website, mixtapesandheartbreaks.com. Woo-hoo. 
check it out. You can find us anywhere you find your podcast. Please rate, review, subscribe, and share it. Sharing it does the most. Gets more ears to our show. Listening does the most. It does. Clicks, algorithm, all that shit that I don't know anything about. Because you're an old man. Yes. Help us out, and we'll keep bringing these episodes to your ears every week or so. We're gonna get on a weekly schedule. Schedule. We'll, we'll get we'll get back back into business. Uh, holidays coming up. I'm excited. Gonna be good things coming your way. For your ear holes. For the ear holes. Okay. We'll see you next time. What?